We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and Aboriginal Elders emerging. Welcome to the Vale Podcast. Local people, local news, local stories. Thursday, October 10 is World Mental Health Day and if you've been listening for a while, you'd know that this is an area we're quite passionate about for all number of various reasons. So when Mark Newenhouse made contact about his paddle down the Murray River in a kayak alone, I knew I had to catch up with him just for a conversation, if for nothing else. As it turns out, Mark was on the banks of the Murray River in Robinvale today, World Mental Health Day, and I managed to catch up with him for a very candid conversation about his fight against depression, my own experience, and what is next on the agenda. A warning, there's some colourful language and it is a raw, unedited conversation, like you're one of the magpies in the trees that you can hear down at the boat ramp. But if it is triggering for you, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14, your doctor or any of the other local resources that are now available to us. Mark, can you tell us, pronounce for us your surname because nobody can do it. New in house. Is that it? That's it. Yeah, oh. It just looks really hard. <laughs> it does look really hard. <laughs> Newenhouse. Newenhouse. And you came here from Holland. From Holland. Which was then Holland. It's the yes, Netherlands now, the Netherlands. isn't it? 1977. You were two. I was two. So you're Australian now. So I'm Aussie, yeah. Are you a citizen now? Nearly. <gasps> Are you not a citizen? <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. Really? <laughs> I, only, I only just applied for my citizenship. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, uh, we found out a couple funny. of interesting things from you already this morning. So you're in Robinvale now. You're kayaking the length of the Murray River yep. alone. Uh, yep. Tell us about your cause. Uh, well, my my most important cause was for myself. Yep. Um, the journey of sharing it with everybody else was that just sort of evolved. Okay. So the original decision was for me to challenge myself uh, I, actually i was kayaking down the murray with a few mates someone pointed out the blue marker which yeah. i'd never seen before you know the kilometer markers how many kilometers oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah um and i've done spent a lot of time in the murray and my yeah. wife and i love camping on it i've kayaked little stretches yeah. you know you know not like this but where know, do you live in canberra and you come to the murray yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah we cool. love it that's love great it. yeah um so in this moment um, you know, I, don't, I didn't know where the Murray started or finished or what the blue signs were, but yeah. so, and neither did anyone else. Someone said, hey, what's the blue sign? Yeah. <laughs> and it was uh, just out of Albury, and it was 2,168, and one of, one of the boys said, oh, that's how many Ks to the mouth. Mm-hmm. And I instantly, instantaneously, out loud said, I'm going to do that. And that was it. Without thinking about it. Didn't even think about it. Just said, I'm going to do that. That's where the best ideas come from. And changed my life. Really? Yeah. So when did this start? When was when was that conversation? Oh, that was uh, was the end of February this year. This year, yeah. So you've now been paddling for how many days? Forty eight days. Wow! How sore are you? How sore were you in the first week? <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, not as bad as I thought I would be, because um, I didn't really do any training. Um, that was going to be my next question. Were you on the ergo like no, every day since? No, not at all. Didn't do anything. No, nothing. <laughs> uh, Just I, jump in a boat and I, go? I, so that decision was made on a, thir- on a Friday morning yep. when we got on the water. Mm-hmm. And um, the boys had a bit of a laugh. And I just, I'd, I'd, like within 10 minutes, I'd already worked out 
how long it was going to take, when I could leave. And my, one of my best mates paddled up beside me and he said, um, you, you're going to do this, aren't you? I went, oh, I'm already committed. <laughs> and I got home on the Sunday. Yeah. And on Monday I went and bought my new boat. Yep. And started winding up my work and focused on getting ready to go. But I didn't do any training. I, I spent very little time in my new boat. Um, like literally I reckon I paddled a total of 10 kilometres in the new kayak before I did the trip. Oh, good and it, lord. And, it, and in fact the first trip I did in my kayak with all my gear fully loaded was the week before I left. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. So it was not a lot of... You know, I never really felt like that was... Um, it was never about that. Yeah. You know, it was... You know, everyone sort of kept saying, wow, you must be training like every day. I'm like, well, yeah. not really. I'm going to be paddling for four months. Like, yeah. well, I'm not really sure what training is <laughs> going to help. But yeah, Well, that's a good I point. I figure out after a week, if I haven't got some sort of rhythm, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. So, you yeah, know... I guess I just, so. Just paddled. And I, you know, I even... I was surprised. I hit the water running. Like, I paddled hard. Mm. Like, I was doing... Well, for me, I was mm. doing big Ks. Like, you know, I think my first day... Well, I left late in the day, but, you know, I did 19 kilometres the first afternoon. The next day, I did, like, 42 kilometres. Wow. And That's a long way. It's a pretty long way. That's a long way in a kayak. <laughs> but you're going the right direction, so that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's... <laughs> that I, helps. I started in the Snowy Mountains, and, and yeah. you know, it's flowing, so that was... So was where exactly good. did you start? Because at... It's Coryong where it starts, isn't it? Yeah. Well, With the hole in the mountain. Yeah, Which is much. literally just a trickle. It is trickle. a trickle. It is yeah. just a trickle, yeah. So, so there's where a guy you, that... you're not kayaking in a trickle water. No, no, no. So I started um, just below Bringenbong Bridge, Bridge in Tawong. Right. Tawong yep. Yep. in Victoria. Yeah, gotcha. So that's about the highest point before it goes sort of rapidy. Cold? It was very cold, yeah. Cold? It, it was. I like... had snow-capped mountains in the background and... Beautiful. It was stunning. The yeah. highlight highlight so far was the snowy mountains. It was incredible. No, no, no. Incorrect. The highlight so far is sitting is in Robinvale on this beautiful day. It is stunning. Which is World Mental Health Day. I didn't even know that. You would think <laughs> you would, you'd think considering what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, I would know that today is World Mental Health Day. But you know what's really cool? A mate of mine just rang me up to see how I am. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> and said it's World Mental Health Day. I just want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> that is cool. That's that's a good yeah, friend cool. right there. Yeah, yeah. So the why you're doing this, yeah. run us through that. Um, well, I guess it's it's not really complicated, but it was, it was a moment. Mm. You know, when I – something happened mm. that weekend of kayaking the Murray River. Well, yep. something happened to the build-up to that. You know, I suffered – pretty severe depression for mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. and I was uh my wife and I had been through a lot over the years yep. and you know we'd, we'd we'd been in business we took some big risks we paid the ultimate price we lost our house and our farm and you know we you know went through all that kind of bizzo mm. and a few other things that, that a build-up of things that led me to a really severe bout of depression yeah we since changed our lives mm-hmm. and we Even now uh, well, we lost everything, so we had nothing. Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> so we started from, again. Yeah, so... And we just made conscious decisions that, you know, there's... Lifestyle decisions. Yeah, you know, yep. so we started working three months on and having one month off and travelling around Australia. 
So that sounds like a decision I could cope with. It's a great. It's definitely the way to live uh, by far. It's it's clearly that is that is living like proper living. So when you say you're working a month for three months and then take it, what are you working at? Yeah, well, I work for myself as a handyman renovator. Yep. Um, my wife has a really good job. She works very hard, does an amazing job, and they have three months a year off. Um, and so we just made that decision, and you know, it wasn't hard to do because we made that decision, and we. We just make it happen. Like yeah. It's, and it's actually surprisingly difficult to do because you get so wound up and stuck in the rut of life. Mm. And we really wanted to change that. So we, we did that. We made that change. And, you know, on paper, life is spectacular. Mm. You know, we don't have a mortgage anymore. We, on Instagram. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. It, yeah. You know, it, it's spectacular. Life. Mm. But I was left with severe depression. Yeah. So, you know, changing our life didn't change the depression. I got left with that. It's kind of like, I don't know, I guess if you're a smoker for a long time and you stop smoking but now you've got lung cancer, mm. that's kind of what happens. The and and, and the, the residual effect for me was I couldn't actually get out of the depression. The You know, I was seeking help but I wasn't getting the right help. Mm. And I was at the very bottom. Mm. Like I was really at the very bottom of, of where depression wants you to be. Yep. And it had a really heavy stronghold and yeah. that day that i drove to the murray mm. i something i just had had enough like yeah. i was tired it's, it's physically such an exhausting illness yeah we were talking about this we've talked a lot about we've got osher ginsburg coming um yeah. next week to robin vale and we've donnie and i have spoken and with quentin norton who's one of the local paramedics here has spoken about um mental illness and and my own struggles with it and i we were talking about the week past how physically painful it can oh, be and exhausting and people don't i don't think you've never suffered that no people don't grasp how life draining it can be and painful yeah yeah 100%. is that what it was like for you 100 percent. and i was definitely just exhausted like yeah. i had enough and just some really weird things happened like i was driving down the highway from Canberra to the Murray where I was meeting the boys mm. and I pulled over and downloaded an audio book on depression yep. which I've never done I've never downloaded an audio book I don't even read for whatever reason I just I think I was crying yeah. like I was just just had enough yeah so I thought oh, I'm just going to listen to something while I'm driving yeah and um, I listened and I really enjoyed it and um, you know I stopped and I downloaded another one and mm. by the time I got to the water I'd listened to four audio books yeah and, um, you know it wasn't it, it was just I think it was really good because it uh, made sense to me. Yep. You know, like yep. I understood, like they were talking about stuff and I'm yep. going, yes, that's, yeah. that's what's happening to me. Mm. I was so, like that with Osha's book. You should download that one. It's on I Audible will. and he narrates it. Awesome. And it's really good. And uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, you're you know, I just kind of went, you know, I've got to do something. Like I have to do something with my life. Like this is just shit. Yeah. And um, that blue marker just, it was like, man, it just triggered and went, that's, I'm going to do that. And it just made so much sense. Like the next three days, like we, were, we, we did a 108k kayak with the boys, which was not an expedition of any sort. We were yeah. towing a two-man kayak with a 200-litre esky and 10 cases of beer. 100k's <laughs> is still a decent kayak. When you're towing a 200-litre yeah. esky. <laughs> In any case, when you're not towing anything, 108k's is a long oh, kayak. Oh, no, it's all right. We just got on the booze. <laughs> Um, it was just a boozy For all those days. water police that are listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drinking and kayaking. Um, 
So, you know, I just couldn't stop thinking about how much it made sense. Like, yeah. it made so much sense physically, mentally. And then I started thinking about the headspace. Like, And I guess I just thought about, you know, taking on the loneliness with loneliness. Mm. Like, putting mm. myself in the ultimate. You know, I guess it's kind of like, I don't know, if you're scared of heights, you know, Go and stand on top of the Empire State Building. You know that's yeah. You know, like Confronting those those you. analogies are always there. And I guess for me, I felt like I don't know. Was, I'm not sure if I want to say this, but I kind of felt like if I was to put my loneliness mm. in the most lonely possible place, mm. then there's going to only be two outcomes. I'm either going to win or the depression's going to win. Mm. So I think I was drawn to that idea of the fight. Wow. How did your wife feel about that? Um, well. <laughs> because if you went the other way, if the depression was going to win, yeah. then that's awful yeah. for her. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you. This is a, this is a, you can read it because I'll probably, I can't because I'll cry. Um, a lot of my books are very difficult for me to read. Um, Sorry, it's got stuff blowing out. No, that's all right. Um, it's a windy old day. Yeah, I read back through my book and I think... Um, so you're writing a book? I'm writing a book, yeah. yeah. Along your way? Along your journey? Yeah, well, I started writing. I'm not really a writer. Mm. I've never written anything. But when I made the decision to paddle, mm. I came home and I just started writing and I couldn't stop. Is it a cathartic experience? Um, the writing process was amazing because I was learning a lot about myself. Because when I was writing, I was writing exactly how I felt. Yep. Which I couldn't find within myself. Yep. You know, like I was writing, I was writing and going, oh my God, this is, this is amazing yeah. information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's coming out of your brain. Um, so this is, this is that, you can, you can read that out if you like. For the first time today, I felt an overwhelming fear. What if, what if my depression has planned this all along? A cunning, manipulating and calculated plan to plunge me into an absolute abyss of loneliness. He could have me all to himself, not a soul in sight, not a soul to be heard, not a soul to turn to. My skin crawls as the goosebumps slowly flood every inch of my exposed skin. What if this is all part of his final plan? Just me, him, the fight, alone. That's pretty profound, isn't it? <laughs> Geez, you're a good writer. Thanks. <clears throat> That's, um... Um, so, I just thought about the challenge, like, to be challenged mentally mm. and then to back it up with the physical challenge. And, you know, when I told my wife, when I told my wife on the Sunday night that I came home and said, mm. so I've got this idea. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about this? It's going to take about four months. Yeah. Um... But what was what that that conversation was incredible because mm. my wife and I are very close. You yeah, know, we're a bit cliche best friends. Yeah. you know, been together for that 20 helps years. though. Does help. Yeah, um, <laughs> it helps the marriage. But in seven years of suffering from severe depression, we'd never spoken about it, not once. Really? Never. Really? No, absolutely not. Because depression doesn't want you to talk about it. <laughs> that's that's true. And uh, we we and you know it was never. Nat was never comfortable 
to start the conversation with me because my depression never allowed the opportunity for her to have a conversation with me and it was not her fight to fight. So she was never allowed to be in the position to have a discussion with me and my depression was never ever in a position to allow me to have the discussion. So we never spoke, we never spoke about it. Wow. That's surprising because you hear a lot of people talk about... um you're a gentleman, thank you. I'm getting a tea delivered and a donut. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that's not very amazing. Yeah. Thanks, John. Made by a Dutchman. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um, a lot of people talk about their biggest help being their closest partner, being their wife. But you've got to want the help. That's true. You didn't want the help. I did, yep. desperately, yep. but my depression didn't. didn't. I've learned a lot about depression, and mm. I think, well, my own depression, mm. and I see it now, but I didn't see it then. Okay. I desperately wanted help. What I really wanted was just a genuine embrace. Yep. That's all I wanted. Yep. I didn't need to have a big, deep, meaningful conversation with anyone. Yep. I just needed to be held. Yep. And be told it's okay. Yep. And... Be honest that I'm suffering. Yeah. And that never happened. So when I came home and said, so I've got this great idea, I'm going to paddle down the Murray, Mm. that forced me to have a conversation about my depression. Yeah. Which we'd never had before. So that was really profoundly amazing. Yeah. And did Um, did she give you that hug that you needed? Oh, you know, it was amazing. Yeah. And she was 100% supportive. Yeah. Um... And, you know, she said, I don't care how long it takes. I just want my husband back. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and it, it's interesting that you talk about that, the hug and just needing to be held. Um, there's a lot of people that, that say that. The best thing you can do for someone yeah. who is suffering depression and the way you talk about your depression as detached from yourself yeah, is really... Him. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like two people. And I people. think I'm, I'm trying to... Now, I've learnt so much since then. Mm. And I'm trying to, uh, I guess I'm trying to get the message out of that, This, you know, my, my notion of start talking, like starting conversations, mm. it's not about starting a deep and meaningful conversation with someone. It's, yeah. it's just having a conversation. It could be with yourself. The conversation yeah. could be with yourself. It could yeah. be you saying... But then you get tired with the crazy brush because you're talking to yeah. yourself. I do it in the car. <laughs> It's easy in the car when you're away from people, but yeah, yeah it's, and it's the connection, like it's being present. There, there's so many, there's so much more to dealing with depression mm. than what what I think people think. You know, mm. It's not about this. We have to talk about our feelings, mm. and you've got to have. You know, I think for all the people that I've spoken to so far, because mm-hmm. this is not a. I'm not a. I'm not a psychologist or I'm not an expert in this field except Mm. that I suffer from depression and I now talk to a lot of people who suffer although we're told now that you're not allowed to say suffer anymore right there was another word for it I got (laughs) given yesterday and I went oh what a load of crap because it is suffering it is suffering it is suffering like you can you can possible suffering exactly don't see it you can coat it in as much sugar as you want but you're not Willy Wonka no it's it is suffering yeah Yeah. and the whole political correctness I think is has gone a bit mad with we're not allowed to call it suffering anymore. Well, it is. It is. And, you know, now that I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm meeting and, you know, my... After I made that decision... Yeah. So I made that decision and then what happened... If we go back to the story, the 
coming home and telling your wife? It's it's about it was it forced me to have the conversation with more people. Yeah. Because I had to tell my mum. Yeah. And I can't just tell my mum oh, I've decided to quit my job and paddle for four months on my own. Down the There's got to be a reason behind why you're doing that. And the reason is I'm suffering from depression and I want to do something to break free from it. Yeah. So I had to have that conversation with my mum and I yeah. had to have it with my dad and I had to have it with my in-laws and I had to have it with a guy at JB Hi-Fi when I bought a GoPro <laughs> video camera. Like I had to have that conversation with everyone. So it was yeah. forcing me to talk about it. Yeah. And, and how's then, that worked out for you? talking about it it's amazing yeah because now i'm learning that you know i've always felt like my depression is a separate entity like mm. it's him mm. and it's interesting and it's really interesting the way you you disassociate yourself almost yeah 100 percent. and we fight like it's it's a fight it was a it used to be a fight it's yeah. not a fight anymore because i've pushed it aside and you know every time i have a conversation with someone my depression is in the background going off its brain because this is not helping. Yeah. I need you back in this black hole. As in not helping him. Yes. Yeah. Not, you know, every conversation. And and since that day, since March, mm. it's getting, like, the voice, the voice that's in that background is getting further and further and further away to the point of, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I can even hear it. Yeah. You know, because... Every time you, every time you have a connection or a discussion with someone, or whenever you make a decision to do something, and mm. I think this is a really important part for me, is that every time I make a decision, it's my decision. Yep. It's not my depression's decision. It's mm. my decision, mm-hmm. and that decision makes me powerful, and it gives me control back. Yeah. And every time I get that little bit of control, that means the depression loses a little bit, and. I'm starting to learn now little interesting things. Like when I first started paddling, I'd see people on the side of the river. I'd say day, tell them I'm paddling to the mouth. We'd have a chat. I'd feel my way around. Yeah. Work out whether I should be telling them why I'm yep. doing it or mm-hmm. the reason I'm doing it. Yeah. And, you know, for the most part, I, I would say I'm, you know, raising awareness for mental health. But yeah. I've, I've kind of tried to be, I've, I've tried to avoid that. Because I'm not trying to raise awareness because there's heaps of awareness, yeah. but we're not talking about it. Yeah. We're talking about the awareness, yes. we're not actually doing anything. There's no action. Yeah. I want action. Yeah. So, so what kind of action do you want? Apart from puddling down the Murray, because I'm not going to do that. Discussions. We yeah. just need to start yeah. talking. Talking about it on a podcast like we're doing yeah. right now. Yeah. And talking about it as I paddle down the river. Yeah. So what I learned was little things. So sometimes I wouldn't tell people why I was doing it. Mm. I'd just tell them that I'm paddling down the Murray and they'd ask questions and then I'd just paddle off. Yep. Because I didn't feel like, you know, like it was right. Yep. wasn't a connection there for me to have that discussion. Mm. I didn't feel connected to that person enough to share that personal information. Yeah. And then one night I was sitting around the campfire by myself, like mm-hmm. I do every night. Because <laughs> it's a lonely journey. <laughs> it's a lonely journey. Yeah. And, uh, and I clicked and I went, holy shit, you dirty little bastard. <laughs> Are you talking to your depression? Yeah. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. You're doing that. Yeah. That's not me waiting for an opportunity to have the discussion. Yeah. That's you. Yes, that's you taking advantage of an opportunity and saying, no, 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 don't tell them why. Because <gasps> if you tell them why, that's going to make you in control. And that's oh. going to make a conversation start. And that's going to push me away. Yeah. And at the moment, you push me away and I need to come back. Yeah. So this is my opportunity to get back. Mm. And I went, wow, okay. Mm. Right. Well, 
fuck you. <laughs> we, I'm not sure if we can swear on the yeah, podcast. It's not radio. Um, I no, I'm not going to let you have that. Mm-hmm. So I changed how I say hi to people. I say, "Hi, how you going? I'm paddling the mouth of the Murray. I'm raising awareness for mental health, and I've challenged myself to break free from depression." Yeah. So you're doing this without medication. No, I'm, I'm... Are you medicated? Yeah, yeah, medicated. Oh, good, yeah. Well, not cool. heavily, really. Just checking. No, no, no. <laughs> just checking. Um, just because, you know, given the experience, I think if I had to do this get up every day, with, and I'm not medicated anymore, but if I had to get up and do that every day without meds, or sit here and talk to someone, or say g'day to someone <laughs> without meds, that'd be a challenge in itself. Yeah, I don't know. I um, mean, medication for me is... Um, like, it saved my life at the point that... Yep. It was given to me. Yeah, and I, I think I'm just in a good place. It, it just leveled me out. Yeah, you know, like it leveled me yep. out and allowed me to maintain life. It does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, it doesn't work for everyone, but it worked for me at that time. Yeah, and the problem that I had though was, so when I had a major breakdown, I went to the doctor. Mm. You know, I got diagnosed. They medicated me. Mm-hmm. Then I went to a psychologist, and mm-hmm. then I went to a psychiatrist, and mm-hmm. then I went to a counsellor, and yep. then I went to, you know, I'm seeing everyone. The whole mental health plan rigmarole. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? Nobody gave me any tools to fight. Really? Nothing. That's interesting. I didn't get anything. No one said. No one said to me. And you know what? I'm starting to learn now, which is like I'm so excited about this space now. Mm. I'm, I am so so at the beginning of a new journey for yeah. my life and it's going to be working in this area right because there's so much I feel like for me and all the people that I've now spoken to which is now hundreds and hundreds and I have like 3,000 people following me on Facebook who yeah. message me every day and you know I feel like I'm getting a really good insight and I'm learning a lot about depression yep but you know I, I look back now and think not, not once did someone say to me have you tried talking to your wife about it? Mm. They didn't at all. No. <gasps> no, one ever, no, one, no one ever said to me, do you know when you're feeling really shit, it's not about sharing that. Yeah. You know, you don't have to talk about it with someone. Yeah. But you need someone there. Yeah. So if you're feeling really bad, you need to have a discussion with your wife so she understands yeah. that when you feel bad, you don't, you know, and this is this is mm. the really big thing. This, so this is the scenario that happens in what I think now in most cases. Well, in 100% yeah. of all the people that I've spoken to right. so far, yeah. this is how the scenario works. Okay, go. Person suffering depression is in a depressed state. Yes. Person who's around the person suffering depression yep. realises that that person's in a bad state. Yep. Says, because that's what they think they have to say. Yep. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. The person suffering from depression says absolutely not. Yeah. Because the depression says absolutely not. Yeah. Because if you talk about it, then you... Then it goes away. Then it goes away. Yeah. So, no. Mm. Well, I'm not, definitely not talking mm. about it. So then there's a standoff. And the person with depression, the depression wins. That was a battle. Mm. That's a fight. And it's a, it's really integral piece of information because that was a fight saying no and the depression was the winner of the fight Mm. so you go further into the hole Mm. and every time you have that fight and every time depression wins and you lose you go further in the hole and the further you are in the hole the harder it is to get out and the person who's around the person suffering goes I don't know what else I can do and then there's the standoff 
and nothing happens. Yeah. The only thing that happens is that that person suffers even more. Mm. But no one said to me, now what you need to do is you need to let your wife know that when you're in that, in that place, as hard as it is, mm. your wife has to understand that you don't want to talk about it. Mm. And that's not important. Mm. What's important is she sits beside you, just sits beside you, puts her arm on your knee, gives you a hug, whatever you feel like. Mm. You don't have to have a discussion, but you just need to be present and you need to allow, because if you do that, there's no fight. Mm. There isn't a fight to have, Mm. which means the depression doesn't win a fight. So you're at least... There's no fight with no words. There's no fight with no words. Mm. And there's no fight with no action. Mm. And if you don't have any action, that means you can at least stay in that place and have support beside you. Yep. As opposed to fall deeper in the hole and not have any support beside you because you push this support away because the depression's Mm. won the fight. Mm. And that's what often happens, isn't it? This is critical information. Mm. This is critical information that I don't feel ever got to me or all the people that I've spoken to. Mm. I've spoken to so many people who, like I've had people that, who have got in their boat mm. and tracked me, because I've got a live tracker so you can see where I am. Yeah, yeah. They've tracked me to come and talk to me because their son suffered from severe depression and yeah. they don't know what to do. Yeah. And they never knew, they never knew that... All they need they, to do is be there. That, they didn't know that. Yeah. They thought that they had to ask, do you want to talk about it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> There's a really... I feel like there's such a big misrepresentation mm. of what that process is. I, I don't know. I'm... Is it a misrepresentation or do you think it's maybe a um, a misinterpretation? Because we celebrate things like Are You OK Day? And, and the role that that plays, I think, is literally just to ask someone if they're okay. Because if you're not talking about it, if the depression's not letting you talk about it, you're not going to say, hey, I'm not okay. No, and the problem with that as well is, not the problem with that, but when someone says, are you okay, or how you, you know, you're feeling all right, or whatever the terminology is, mm. for the person suffering depression, it's always going to be... Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Because that's... And this is the bit that I'm learning now, is that every time you say, I'm fine, mm. it's not you saying I'm fine, it's the depression saying I'm fine, because yes. the depression doesn't want you to talk about it, mm. and that's... Mm. There's... there's there, I just feel like there's like there's so much data there that we need to yeah like suck out and 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 figure out mm. how to get that into a message that we can get through to people because mm. it seems to I don't know I'm really interested to find out what it is about my journey that's inspiring so many people mm. that's and this is this is what happened with if we go back to after I told my wife and yeah. I had to tell people yeah. Um, some really incredible things happened and they were people reaching out to me saying, hey, I've heard what you're doing and I've suffered from depression. Yeah. I got one particular message. It's mm. on my Facebook page in about day 10 or something. I shared it. Yeah. And it was about four days after I made the decision yep. and I told my wife and I said, she'd said to me, hey, this person's asked for your phone number. And I said, yeah, that's fine. I assumed they wanted to ask me something about building something, which is normally yep. what happens. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm building this thing. Can you come yeah, and have a yeah. look? Yeah. Uh, and he messaged and said, hey, I heard you're having a really bad time and you're doing something about it. And I've also suffered from severe depression and I'm a really private person because depressive people are private people because yeah. that's what they want you to mm. be. Uh, and I've never told anyone, do you want to catch up for a beer? Mm. And I said, yeah, sure. And um, 
I said, any time, I'm, I'm, I'm ready whenever mm. you want. He was like, how about now? I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. So we did. We caught up that afternoon, about half past five. I got home 4.30 in the morning. Right on beer o'clock. Right 4.30 in the morning. 4.30 in the morning. An 11-hour beer session. 11-hour beer session. Uh, and, you know, he he was severely suffering and yeah. he wasn't talking to anyone about it. Yeah. And um, I, w- I went home well, the next day. I said to my wife, why, why is, what, what made him... What, what, what is it about what I'm doing that made him decide to do something for himself? Because that seems crazy to me. Like, I want to know what triggered me, but I don't know what it is. It's the blue and, sign. It's the blue sign. So this just triggered him to do something. And, you know, he's made some big changes in his life since, wow. we, since he actually got diagnosed bipolar and he's taking the right medication now and he's on track and he's doing yeah. really well. Great. Um, and I look back and go, wow, that was because we yep. connected. Do you think it's because you are talking about it now or because you're doing, you've taken some action? Um, I don't, I'm not sure what the trigger is of why. And that was when that happened, I decided, and then a few other things, a couple other people came mm. forward, like sent me messages and said, hey, I'm suffering as well. And, mm. and then um, I decided that I should post on my private personal Facebook page. Yep. I mean, that was a really big deal for me because I yeah. am a depressive yep. private person. Yeah. And I don't have a lot of Facebook friends. They're generally people I... Actual friends. Actual friends. Yeah. Um, you know, like there's probably 150 people or something. Mm. And, you know, I spent hours, literally hours with a post and we're hovering over the... And my wife was beside me supporting me and saying, you know, you can do it. Like, mm. just, just do it. And I'm a real happy-go-lucky 100-mile-an-hour dude. Yeah. So, you know... It was it was a big deal to come out and mm. say this is what I'm going to do, mm. and I sent sent that message out, and within a couple of hours, I had so many people reach out to me, not only with obviously with support, but so many people reach out and say, "Wow, this is amazing! I'm so inspired by what you're doing. I'm mm. been suffering. My brother's been suffering. My mum's been suffering," and I worked out that my hit rate mm. of people that reached out to me mm. after I. <laughs> posted mm. was about 15 percent mm. and i thought wow that's insane mm. and I, they, they, like there were people who said i want to do something with i want to change my life yeah like, i want something I'm, I'm desperate to do something mm. and then i had a really good friend of mine a really good friend of mine very very dear friend very old friend long time we're very good buddies yeah talk on the phone three times a week it's ridiculous yeah. you think we're having an affair <laughs> um and uh about a month after i'd made the decision he came out and said you're a bastard i'm gonna have to do something about my life now because <gasps> i've been suffering severely and i haven't done anything about it yeah do and i thought he about knew what he was going through was depression uh yeah you, he did because I, I think sometimes I, people don't know that what they're oh, feeling yeah, is depression. I think so. Yeah. And at, at that moment, I thought, uh, I, I was really upset because I thought, wow, like we're such good friends and you never spoke to me about it. Mm. You know, I, all our conversations that we've had, mm. we've never we've never had this discussion. Mm. And then I thought, oh, I haven't had the discussion with him either. Yeah. And then I went, you know what, whatever it is about this journey, if it's going to inspire people to do something mm. then I'm going to go public yeah. and then I started the Facebook page yeah. and then I started it just kind of snowballed it's just snowballed yeah. because it, because the impact on people's lives is enormous yeah. and my you know I go down the river and 
you know, I, have, I literally have spoken to hundreds and hundreds of people, mm. and there's been so many people who've come down to meet me. Yeah. But then the people that I just meet who are camping on the river or on a boat or on a houseboat or whatever it is, mm. every single I reckon out of forty eight days of talking to that many people. I could only really think of one or possibly two occasions mm. where when I've said what I'm doing, the person hasn't responded with, wow, my brother, yeah. my mum, my sister, my work colleague, someone, someone's impacted. Me, yep. It's, a, it's, it's huge. Mm. And people do want to talk about it. Mm. They're desperate to talk about it. Yeah. I had a farmer who I was, was tracking along the edge and I was looking for somewhere to camp because the sun was setting and, you know, I have to find... I need wood because I've got yep. to start a fire, so I'm always looking for a spot with wood. Yep. And there was a four-wheel drive in the bush and I saw him sort of drive in and do a bit of a loop and come back. And yep. I thought, oh, I wonder if he saw me. And I, thought, I was like, you know, I wonder if it was a ranger or yep. it could be someone looking for me because people do come down yep. by the river. And So I thought I'll just paddle into shore. Yeah. And it was just a farmer doing a stock check. Yeah. And um, this was before my decision about how I greet people. Okay. So we'd had a bit of a chat. Yeah. And then I said, so I've been suffering from depression and I'm trying to raise some awareness for mental health. Yeah. And he went, wow, my brother's in hospital. <gasps> um, and we had this really big, long conversation. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was almost in tears and said, wow, I wish my brother was here to meet you. Like, this, this, it's amazing what you're doing. And, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah. Because... You know, our whole family is suffering at the moment and, mm. we, and we just don't talk about it yep. and clearly we need to. Mm. And that's powerful. Mm. Mm. That's cool. Mm. That is very cool. It's, and this is happening to me all day, every day. Yeah. Not only physically, like, within, you know, contact with people. Yeah. But every day I'm, I, I get up to 20 messages a day yeah. from people who are saying... who And, and I'm... They're... they're like seriously doing something. They're mm. doing something like I'm doing. They're, mm. they're not necessarily having to kayak two and a half thousand Ks, but they're just making a decision. Mm. You know what? I'm going to do something. Yeah. I'm going to stand up to my depression yeah. and I'm going to make a decision to do something about it. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. That's ultimately what the goal is, I guess, what your goal is. My goal is just to let people know that it's okay to talk. Yeah. And that we have to start talking and we've got to start listening. Mm. And, you know, I've learned along this journey so far. I feel like I've been away for a long time. It's only been 48 days. But um, I've learned so much about my own depression. But I feel like I've learned a lot about depression in general. You mm. know, and, and that's from speaking to so many people now. Mm. I'm, I'm realising that I think that the motor that drives depression mm. is the same in everyone. How we drive it is mm. individual experience. But the motor mm. is exactly the same. And all the people that I talk to, and, you know, we've already discussed numerous things already mm. that are exactly the same. Yeah. Like those, those emotions, the feelings, those senses, all of those things are all the same. That motor that's driving it yeah. is all the same. I'm reading a book at the moment. Yeah. And there is, n there is no shit. There are sentences in that book yeah. that I have written in my book yeah. word for word. Yeah. Yep. Absolute word for word. Like, yep. freaks me out. I've read his book and gone, dude, you are going to email me and say, why did you plagiarise yeah. my words? Yep. They're exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. The motor's the same. We drive it all differently. It's a different experience. Mm. But I think we can attack it in the same way. Mm. You know, and I think this, this learning for me about how to 
manage it in a better way. And you know, I originally thought that it was about talking. Yeah. And it, and it really is. Mm. It really is about starting conversations. Yeah. But I'm realizing now it's so much more than that. It's not just starting a conversation. Mm. But it's managing those conversations. It's being in control of those conversations. Yeah. And I'm seeing the results of that. You know, people messaging me and saying, you know, I did make the decision this morning. I went, I'm going to have a cup of tea and I'm going to go to work. Yeah. And I made that decision yeah. and I feel really good about yeah. it. And that's that's yeah. a step forward. Mm. You know, I've got a guy who came and met me on the water and he bought a cheap kayak and he messaged me the other day and said, mate, I was having such a bad day. I'd, I'd had a, a, a three-day bout of mm. severe being in the hole and I yeah. just went, fuck it, I'm going out and I'm going to paddle. Yeah. And um, I did and I feel amazing and I've said hello to people on the banks of the river and mm. thank you so much. That's... yeah. You know, and they're, they're, these little things are mm. life changing. Mm. You know, they're they're completely life changing. Mm. Yeah, things like um, things like just going for a paddle seems, you know, I mean, it's it's a big challenge. But things like that, if you go and just jump into a kayak and you haven't done it before, or you haven't done any exercise before, can be so nice for someone in the hole just to get out into fresh air. And it is like coming out of the hole a bit. You get some fresh air, some light, some wind in your hair and We just need to figure out how to get that. I really I'm really interested and I'm really excited to work in this space. Mm. And I want to find out how we get people out of that deep hole where I was. Yeah. You know, because exercise is great and and all these things that we know are Mm. really good for depression. Yeah. They're not good if you don't do them. Yeah, that's true. And that's you know, depression takes such a stronghold, mm. and when you're in that, in that, in that deep, dark, horrible place, yeah, man, there's no getting out. Is no, there? <laughs> no, and and we've had this conversation before too. When you're in that dark place, you, all you would want to do is make it stop. You know. Well, I don't know. I, 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 for me, when you're in that really dark place, you just want to be darker. Yeah. You know, that's you. Yeah. It's comforting. Mm. You know, it becomes it becomes the normal. That's the and, hug and that you get, the big, de- deep, dark it hug. It is. It's the yeah. big, black, sadness cushions, yeah. you know, yeah. just just soften. And they get softer the deeper you go. Yeah. It gets better and better and better mm. and better. And that's the difficult part to get mm. out of that. Mm. And I think I'm learning now that it, it doesn't – I think to start that process to get out of that really bad place isn't mm. taking really big steps. It is about – Understanding that having someone sitting beside you mm. is really powerful. Yeah. Oh, and I agree. Just making that decision, you know, making those. For me, it's realizing that I actually have got depression and it's a thing. Yeah. Like, I think knowing that it is something yeah. is really important. Yeah. And I understand now that I have got depression and yeah. it is. So I'm really conscious now in the things I do. Mm. And if I look back now, you know, there's uh, if you go back to about day 15 or so, there's a little video I did of me because I had this really shitful morning. My wife was coming to meet me. I hadn't seen her for two weeks. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was set up a windbreak because it was blowing its head off. Yeah. And it just wasn't working. It was mm. it was just it was it was going everywhere. Mm. And it was blowing out of shit, blowing everywhere. And yeah. and you know, I was I was cranky. Yeah. And um, it's okay to be cranky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is the difference, though. Yeah. The difference between cranky and a person suffering from depression. Yeah. 
you know, I was seriously thinking that I could kill myself now. You know, this is this is the this this is a great. It's, and see, it's taken this long to learn. My depression was going. Hey, this is an awesome opportunity. You can kill yourself now. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Look how shit everything is. Yeah. And I kept trying to set up this windbreak in the wind in the sand. It was never going to work. Mm. And I realise now that that was my that was my depression doing that. Mm. It was like keep going, keep trying to do this. Yeah, because it's never going to work. Yeah. La- this is awesome. Yeah, rather than just going, you know what? It's not going to work. I'll just stop. Yeah, yeah. So I did in the end mm. go. This isn't going to work. I've got to stop. I need to regroup. And think about what I'm going to do. Mm. So I went, right. I went up the bank, tied off to a tree, solid ground, set up my wind shelter, got my stove on, made a cup of tea, sat down and sort of went, well, there you go. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, And I got over it really quickly. Yeah. And I videoed myself Mm. to say, you know, I really struggled through that. And I looked now and go, if that had happened to me... Six months ago, mm. that that that's four days out. Mm. That's four days out for me. Yeah, that's, okay. Can't go to work. Can't get out of bed. Yeah, um, that would just be my life's over. Yeah, that's the difference heap. between cranky and being cranky when you suffer from depression. Yeah, and that's uh, that state now is becoming. You know, my chair that caught fire. Yeah, yesterday <laughs> yeah, morning. We were talking about earlier. Yeah. You which know, you're laughing about now, which is <laughs> which, which is good. Which I laughed about then. Yeah, like my chair. You know, like, and I've only got one of everything. You know, I didn't it bring spare funny. of everything. <laughs> and and you know, it's everything I have. I only have stuff with me yeah. that is very important, and I use it every day. Yeah, I don't have room for anything else. Yeah, and a chair really <laughs> is important. And I'm holding my tent, uh, watching my chair like burst into flames, and I just kind of went. Huh. But it didn't spontaneously combust. Oh, it end up no, it the... really did just ignite like it was. <laughs> yeah, but from the campfire? Or yeah, yeah, it was from the campfire. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Blew over. But it, <laughs> I was like, going to say, blew... you're not Moses. It no, didn't no, just blew, catch fire. No, no, it blew over upside down and like oh. encased over the fire and it just whoosh. Where up. were you when this happened? Uh, oh, I don't know, about Where? 50, 100 k's down there somewhere. So like, like Boundary bend Yeah, somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, like it didn't even, it just didn't bother me at all. Mm. I just... Rolled up my tent. I took the, the you know, like it's a it's a little micro yeah. chair. I yeah. took the actual, you know, the chair bit off and yeah. just chucked it in the fire because there's no point keeping yeah. half of it. Yeah. Packed up the metal bit and zipped it up, put it in, the, put it away, and uh, sat on the sand and ate my breakfast and went right. Oh, I'll uh, message my mate and tell him when he comes to meet me on the weekend, bring me another chair. <laughs> and you know that's just the way it is. Wow. So many things now. Mm. And I I think it's really funny. And I think it's really funny because it's like I can see my depression up there somewhere really far back. Like trying to yell out, Mm. going, Oh, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. You can really life sucks. Come on. Look how shit this is. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine, dude. Yeah. Wow. Stay there. It's an interesting way to look at things. So do you wake up each morning now and and think about all of the things you're now grateful for? Um, surprisingly, there is not as much meandering time as one would think mm. when you're paddling down the Murray. I have a really? very... No. No, it's hectic. Really? Yeah. This is no casual paddle down the Murray. 
It looks pretty nice. It looks nice, but you know, when I get up, I get up at 7 a.m. Yep. First thing I do is I got to start a fire. Yep. So I start a fire and I have a cup of tea. Yep. It's very important. I, I want to have. <laughs> the British my... Empire was built on cups of tea. Correct. I wouldn't wish you to go to war without one. And I just want one uninterrupted cup of tea. No social media, no phone. I yep. just sit down and enjoy my cup of tea. Yep. Then I got to think about my lunch because I don't I don't like to stop and have a fire and takes too long in the yep. middle of the day. Mm-hmm. So then I get my lunch. It's dehydrated, so I got to rehydrate it, cook it. Astronaut food. Pretty much, yeah. I made it all myself, though, so it's good food. Okay. Um, then I've got to start packing up. So my tent, my sleeping bag, my mattress, everything's got to go back in the dry bags. It all gets loaded back in. So by the time I do that, I get up at 7, and mm. if I uninterrupted don't muck around, I'm on the water between 10 and 10.30. It takes that long. You run a bit late today. Yeah. I apologise. That's okay. It's, nearly, it's 11 o'clock. Then I paddle. Mm. And the paddle's exciting because there's so much to see. Yeah. And there's a bend. Yeah. The bends are addictive. Yeah. You know, like just around the next bend, just yeah. around the next bend, just mm. around the next bend. And I play music and I listen to podcasts and I've got stuff going on all day. It's yeah. pretty busy. And then I'll write my post because I post on Facebook every day. Yeah. So I go through my photos to remind me what I did yesterday and I favourite them and then I write my post and, you know, reread it and then I put it on and then I Instagram it and then I share it and do all that business. Yeah, yeah. And then um, it's, you know, I've seriously got to start thinking about stopping mm. and then when I pull up, now that daylight savings on, you know, I pull up at half past six, quarter yep. to seven. yeah. And we've got to, we've got, well, you've seen how much gear comes out yeah, there. Yeah, there's a lot of gear. So it's all got to come out. And then I set up my tent. I've got to start a fire. I'll have a shower. I've got a little shower. It's like a hot shower, soapy shower, so I stay clean. I've got to put on my nighttime clothes because I go to bed got clean. got your PJs as well. No, I have two sets of everything. Yep. So daytime clothes, nighttime clothes. We call them PJs. Yeah, no. <laughs> and five pairs of undies. That's it. That's it. And then on the... so You've been gone I, nearly 50 days. Yeah. On five pairs of undies. No, no, no. I'm telling you the process. Oh, okay. Go on. So pull up, start my fire, get some hot water going so I can have a hot shower. Mm-hmm. Then I lay my nighttime clothes out, put my nighttime clothes on, put my daytime clothes in the bag. I get up in the morning, take my daytime clothes out, chuck them on, nighttime clothes go away. And then on the fifth day... Which is when I when I take my last pair of clean undies out of the dry bag, I know that my daytime clothes are four days old. So I put them in a bag with soap, let them soak overnight. In the morning when I get up, my nighttime clothes, which are clean because mm. I have a shower every night, so mm. they're clean, mm. they become my new daytime clothes. I wring out my clothes that I've washed overnight and then my little frame that's on the back of the kayak is mm. actually there to hang my clothes up. So I hang my clothes on there, and then when I pull up, they become nighttime, nighttime clothes, and the cycle starts again, and then I stay clean all the time. Is there so an instruction a... manual for this? How did you think about doing that? <laughs> well, I've spent a lot of time thinking about all the processes. You know, like we spent, you should have seen our house for four months, was the kayak in the middle, and just shit everywhere, <laughs> laid out, lined up. <laughs> Packed, unpacked, am I going to need that? Do I really need that? What do I do when I do... So I just went through the process. I was like, get up in the morning. What do I need to do? I need to start a fire. I need to do this. I need to do that. So, you know, there was no... Um, I really wanted to do it unsupported. Like, I don't have a road crew. Mm. I don't have... I just wanted to do it on my own. Yep. I didn't want to rely on anything else. All I wanted to be delivered to me was my food. Yep. And I carry three weeks worth of food. We spent three months dehydrating all the meals. 
Wow. In like was, a little home dehydrator. Oh, we had three of them running 24 hours a day. My wife's so still doing What have you dehydrated? It. Everything. I've created 24 different dishes. Really? Yeah, 24 There's different dishes. There's a cookbook dishes. right there. <laughs> 24 dishes, uh, 10 of each, one lunchtime serve, one dinner time serve. And then... Um, like, what kind of dishes? Are we making chicken green curry here? Yeah, like yeah, what? yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I had that for lunch yesterday. Are you serious? Lots of oh, curries because they're really good. I'm taking the piss. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I had... Uh, oh, so, mustard marm curries, green curry, red curries with broccoli, capsicum tomatoes, spaghetti bolognese, beef stroganoff, do nice fried rice. In astronaut food packets? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it's delicious. Delicious. No, no, I'm seriously. You need to write a really cookbook. <laughs> it's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, my food's really good. Imagine that for grey nomads or like families mm. like mine that get around in caravans. You'd, you'd be able to store it in a caravan, no, surely? No. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean it's it's fantastic, but it's extraordinarily time consuming. Like in one dehydrator, it takes twenty four hours yeah. to make enough food. Yeah, twenty four hours. Like, it's very, very, very time-consuming. And because we had to do so many, we did, like, 400 meals. So we... And we're doing massive volume. Like, we're doing... You know, we dehydrated 25 kilos of mince. So we dehydrated all the individual ingredients. And then we have this massive spreadsheet. And everything had to be tested. So to make sure that it's enough food, that I'm not wasting any, and that I'm getting enough nutrition, and that I'm not overpacking... And then I cooked my lunch in the morning, so it's got to fit into a thermos. So every meal had to be made, rehydrated, and and weighed to make sure it only just fits in the thermos. And because everything's dehydrated, it becomes extraordinarily light. So we had to buy little jewellery scales, like diamond scales. Yeah, yeah. And the spreadsheets are like... So we dehydrated all the separate ingredients, and then we have the spreadsheets open, and it's like, righto, spaghetti bolognese for lunchtime serve is... 40 grams of mince, 60 grams of pasta, 2.8 grams of onions, 1.3 grams of capsicum, <laughs> you know, 2.6 grams of beans, and then you weigh it all. And so okay, it's let a me very, ask you very, very big job. <clears throat> As someone suffering from depression and mental health, when I would try and read any more than two paragraphs, <laughs> I can't concentrate on that. Forget about weighing 2.8 grams of onions and doing spreadsheets. That, to me, would just be an impossible task. I know. And How on earth did you do that? Well, that, that's, that's, I was so drawn to the idea of doing it. Did it become... Was it almost like an obsession? Because um, that can happen, too, where you get no, obsessive no, about not, things. Not really. It's kind of funny. There's so many weird things that are happening <laughs> to myself. Yeah. And it's because of that... You know, the idea of being challenged, like part of my challenge was, and I made this up for whatever reason, I, I, I mean, I, f- I really felt connected to the river. Yeah. So I didn't want to lose my connection to the river. Yep. And that was important to me. Mm-hmm. So I have not left the banks yep. of the river. Which is great. Not once. Love that. Yep. Um, which has its own challenges. Challenges, yeah. Itself. Yep. Um, so know, not even to go over there to the toilet or to the no, shower? No, I've not used the toilet. Because there's showers over there. I've not used the toilet. Hot water? I've not sat in a toilet for 48 days. All right, we're going to leave that alone. <laughs> I don't want to know about that. <laughs> um, and, you know, things like growing a beard. Yep. I Oh, you don't usually I have the beard? Hate, I cannot stay this. cannot stand facial hair. I hate it so much it drives me bananas. Hmm. hasn't bothered me. Wow. Um, 
you know, all the things that are really challenging mm. aren't challenging anymore because it's so empowering to be doing it. Yeah. It's like when I went through a chuka, this guy reached out to me and through Facebook and has got a paddle boat mm. on the water. Mm-hmm. And he invited me on board to have a couple of beers and so that was cool. I got on board. He's got this it was pretty cold back then. He's got this fire roaring, this cool fireplace in his boat. It was amazing. And we're having wow. cold cold beers. And uh, it was a liverboard boat. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, He doesn't live on it, but, it's yeah. a, you know, he's paddled all the way to Goolwa, you know. Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, look, I've, I've got it all ready here for you. There's a fridge full of beer, bed, shower, you know, welcome to stay here the night. And um, I just went, oh, I just, you know, I just couldn't do it. It's, it's not, not really part of the challenge. And it wasn't even hard to say no to that. Like, it was so easy to say no to that. It would have been really easy to say yes, though. Surely. Oh, absolutely. Mm. But it's so powerful to say no. Yeah. It's kind of like, excuse me, kind of like, I don't know if you've read my post all the way back to the start, but um, on my little triangle frame on the back, mm. uh, my mate made me a banner yep. with my logo and stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, And uh, I didn't have anything on deck for the first few days because yep. the river was quite fast up in the yep. snowies and a lot of willows and yep. dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I got the chance to put my frame up, mm. I put the banner on. And then the second day, the wind was blowing its head off. Yeah. And, you know, it was blowing me around. Like, the banner on the back just became a sail. <gasps> and it's like pushing the arse of the boat around everywhere. Oh. So, really, what I should have done was just pulled up and taken the banner down. Yeah. But, oh, man, it was so powerful leaving it up. You know, making me paddle that extra strength. That, you know, using the extra strength to keep me going. It was it was so cool. It was like in your face. So yeah, your definition of a challenge and many other people's <laughs> definition of a challenge are very very different. But we appreciate that and that's what's making this journey really quite unique. So what's the estimated time now from Robin Vale to the mouth? Uh, cuz the river's flowing quite quickly at the moment. It's pretty full too, isn't it? It's very, very, very swollen. Mm. Uh, it has slowed down a fair bit just because of the width. Mm. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say probably December. December. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm only December. Yeah, yeah. I've got a long way to go. Yes. <laughs> wow. And I'm also gonna slow down. So I've, I'm gonna slow down. Yeah. I've had a lot going on. Yeah. I've got to be in Mildura next Monday. Yeah. My wife's coming. Yeah. Ooh, oh, that's nice. Three Yay. nights. Do, are you going to? Do you still stay on the bank of the river we, then, or are you going have, to? But because she has had to fly to Mildura, yeah. I've got a houseboat on the Murray. Ah, houseboat, so I'm nice. Pretty excited. So you are saying it. yes I'm to having, a bed, and a shower, going, and yeah. a toilet. Well, I was. Don't. It was don't. Very, it was very difficult to make that decision because I really didn't want to, and my wife was fine with whatever. Yeah, but you know, to. To camp with me for three days in the bush with no toilet for her, you know, can't bring any of our camping gear. It just just seemed unreasonable. So um, I just went right. I will. We'll just get a houseboat, and that'll solve that problem. Nice. Um, that's compromise in a marriage. That's isn't compromise. It? Yeah. Yeah. Well so done. So I don't lose my connection to the river, and um, yeah. I get a bit of luxury for a few days. So I'm looking forward to that. But then yeah. after Mildura, um, I'm really going to pull the brakes on. I, really? Yeah. I've been paddling a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could say that <laughs> and part of my part of this journey was to write my book yeah and i'm really excited about writing it part yep. of my book is my facebook post yeah and i write you know really honestly and it's, it's how i would write my book and i've yep. written it in a way that i can go back to those yep. days but i'm not spending enough time writing yeah and i'm spending too much time paddling mm. and this journey is not about 
just paddling the Murray River. It's yeah. about a whole lot of other things. Yeah. And those whole lot of other things, it's time for them to kind of flower, I yeah. guess, now. Yeah. So I think I'm going to find a really nice spot and set up home. Mm. And um, I, I want to do a really big catch-up and yeah. write. And I've had trouble with power. Like, my my solar hasn't been exceptional. It's been cloudy. So I haven't yeah. been able to use my laptop a lot. Yeah. So you've so, got your laptop with you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How does that go in a kayak? So, yeah, it's fine. Oh, I mean, I've got everything there. It's all... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm aware of dry holes in the dry bag and thing, but there's still no way I'd be putting my MacBook on a kayak. Mm. Nah, it's I'd fine. be paranoid. Nah, everything's... I've found out now that everything is way more robust than it may appear. <laughs> including the human body and brain, including, I guess. Including the human body. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to pull up and I'll, I'll probably spend a week and just catch up and yep. write. Yeah. And then I really want to just think about my time, the rest of my time, and I want to make sure that I don't get to the end of this journey and feel unfulfilled in some of the other things. Mm-hmm. So, but I do miss my wife a lot. Yeah. And I don't really want to paddle in the heat. Yep. So I would like to finish in December. Yeah. But I'm really only halfway. Yeah. I'm just a little bit over halfway. Yeah. And it's been 48 days. So. I have at least another 48 days to yep. go, which will bring me to the end of November. Yep. Um, but then if I throw in a little bit of extra... I haven't had a lot of days off in that, yeah. in that time, mm. but I really I really want to. So, mm. And I'm I learning... I deserve it. So I'm learning so much. The exciting part is I'm learning so much about myself. Yeah. And I'm learning so much about my depression. Yeah. And I'm learning so much about depression as an illness. Yeah. And I'm learning so much from other people. Mm that I'm not ready for this to end yet. Yeah. You know, like there's there's so much more learning to do. Yeah. That's refreshing to hear you say that because you would think after almost, you know, 50 days, you'd be like, <laughs> nah, I'm done. You know what? I'll get to Mildura. That's I, it. I'm, I'll pull the pin. I, I have had a couple of days where I've felt like I've completed yep. what I'd need to do. Yep. You know, I think it's a bit like, um, what it, what's that Tom Hanks movie where he walks Oh, Forrest Gump. Yeah. He runs. Yeah. He runs, <laughs> yeah. runs, and then just goes, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have had... I, you know, You're I, starting to take on a bit of a Forrest yeah, Gump. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've got it going on. Um, uh, you know, I do feel like if I had stepped away now, yeah. I've, I've sort of achieved, you know, uh, probably what I really wanted to achieve. Yeah. But now I'm sort of really excited about what I can do on top of that. Yeah. You know, I wrote the other day, um, I think it was really cool... I said uh, I wanted to break free from depression, which Mm. I'm powerfully achieving, Mm. and I really am doing Mm. that. So I just think about, wow, what else can I do? Yeah. Like, where else can I go? You know, how much more can I learn? Yeah. And I'm learning so much from people. You know, the people that are reaching out is has made me realise so much about Mm. depression, like the idea of the conversation and talking. You know, like I'm learning so much and I think at the end of this, I'm going to have really good data to share. Mm. Yeah, I think you will. You'll have a lot of data to share. And it's interesting hearing everyone share their story, you know, yourself and all the people that we talk to as well. So thank you for stopping here on World Mental Health Day. That was really well planned. I reckon. Yeah. Good luck with the rest of your journey. This Thanks. is um, I'll pop up the um, your Facebook page and oh, yeah. your tracker and all of that kind of thing so people can follow your journey. Um, because, you know, we'll do it for us only 45 minutes down the road. Yeah, it's a week down the river. Ten, ten days paddle. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, do you feel like you've, like, physically, how are your muscles doing? Like, have you... Um, well, it's kind of interesting. I'm definitely leaner. Yeah. I've lost a bit of weight. Yeah. Fitter. I yeah. feel good. I yeah. I feel really good. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that my body is... It's not really getting a chance to recover. Yeah. So I am sore. Yeah. Not severely. Yeah. But I'm surprised that I haven't got uh, over that yet. Yeah. You know, like I'm surprised. How old are you? 43. Yeah, that's why you haven't got over it yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you get a hangover now, it takes you <laughs> yeah, a week and a half to yeah. recover. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit... And it's it's really weather dependent. So yeah. because I had that high wind, not yesterday, day before. Yeah. You know, and I paddled through it. Yeah. So my body is really sore today because you Yeah. After that. Yeah. So, but my, you know, my, my body's good. Yeah. It feels good to be, yeah. you know, and I work out every day like I do a workout in the morning and I... You work out as well as paddle. Yeah. But I want to keep the rest of my body... What now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to feel like I'm just going to end up with massive shoulders. You oh, know? so you do like, leg day? Yeah. On the bank? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Abs, you know. Yeah. Trying to core strength a yeah. little bit. Core strength. You need and, a bit you know, of core strength. And, and it, feel, it feels good. Mm. It's mm. the same thing, you know. It's the challenge. Like, I when I uh, when I'm when I'm packed up and mm. ready to go in mm. the morning, I do a like a just an ab workout. So, yep. you know, like crunches and you know all that kind of bizzo. Because that's important for kayaking. Yeah, yeah. Strong I mean, it's all, all down here. Yeah, it's really important. And I do a stretching class. Yeah. And I do I do that every day. Yeah. And I force myself to do it, and yeah. it's another challenge. Yeah. Like it's another challenge. Like when mm. I don't really feel like doing it. Like yes, yes, I am going to do yeah. it. Yeah. And yesterday I was running a bit late because I got new stickers because I got a food parcel delivered yesterday. Right. Yeah. And my mate who does all my sign writing, he sent me some new stickers for the side of the kayak. Okay. So I stuck them on yesterday morning. So I left really late, like yeah. half past eleven. Yeah. And it's really funny because of my live track. You're not far away from that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, people start messaging me like, "Oh, you haven't left yet. Yeah. Is everything okay? <laughs> Is that what your phone was going yeah. for? People oh my god, like, that's hilarious. <laughs> Are you okay? Like, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> But I left and I went. All right, I've just got to get on. I've got to get on the water because I needed to get to Robin Vale today, yeah. yesterday. And um, I stopped for lunch and went. Oh, I've got time. I'll do a workout. So I just did a workout at yeah. lunchtime. Yeah. So you know, it's it's rip. It's it's so simple, but making those decisions is really powerful. Yeah. Like it's so. We know we we know how good it is, but I don't think we really do. Like, we know how good it is, but for someone who suffers from depression or any kind of mental health, when you make those decisions, you are in control. Like, yeah. you make that. Depression has been, has, I realise now, has had control of my life so severely. Yeah. And I'm learning that it's, it is a controlling thing and you yeah. have to take charge of it. Yeah. And it's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. So when you know that that's what you have to do, it's really exciting and it's really fun. Mm. Like, I'm enjoying saying, fuck you. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be in control of this. And it hasn't gone away, you know, and I don't think it ever will. But I'm in control at the moment. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling the story. Like, this is my story now. Yeah. And that's cool. Not the story of depression. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that is and very hates cool. It. Yeah. It hates it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good luck for the rest of your journey. I'll let you get on the water now. I've taken up enough of your time, but luckily, that's okay. luckily, bugalugs over there stay yeah. asleep the whole time. So I was thinking you had like, like no, no, no. There's, there's a like child. A, there is a real child. Yeah, in there. there's a child in that pram. But that's why I thought I'll walk down here because he'll go to sleep and then stay asleep the whole time. So 
We're lucky. Um, if he was down here, he'd want to get in your in your boat because oh, yeah. that's what that's what we do. We live on the river yeah. and we love it. So, hi. Um, thank you very much for talking to us. Good luck with the rest of your Thanks. journey. We'll we should talk up... again later on. Yes. See how I'm going in another yeah, forty days. Exactly. Yeah, in another forty-eight days. Yeah. Yeah. Check in, please. And then. Um, when I finish my book. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because the book is an interesting and will be an interesting read, I'm, I'm sure. I'm really excited about it and I'm really excited to share. Yeah. I feel like I've been given some knowledge. Yep. And I feel like I've had the opportunity to step outside both of my beings. Yeah. You know, like this might sound a bit weird, but, you know, I've always said that my depression is another being and yep. I refer to it as him. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in a position that I can actually see... I'm almost like a third person at the moment. Yeah. And I'm being able to, you know, mentally work out what's going on between those two. Yep. And I'm, I think it's really good information. Yeah. I yeah, it will be, be nice really... To sh- nice to share that information. Yeah. And share the journeys of everyone else. Yeah. You know, the all the people who are making changes in their lives, mm. that's a story as well. Mm. You know, that's a, that's a, you know, I'm inspired when people are coming out and mm. saying, hey, I'm doing this. Yeah. Like that's cool. Like yeah. that is a story. That is a yeah. cool story. That's a yeah. And being able to make conscious decisions when you're suffering is a story unto itself because And it's the start. Yeah. That's how you that's the break yeah. free. That's yeah. a let go. That's that's yeah. a really powerful moment is when you take control. Yeah. Well when you can make a rational decision. Yeah. I find is that when it's not the depression making your decision and it's you. And also, I just want to add that I'm starting to learn something else really important. Mm. And I'm not sure how many people would agree with me, but I think I've figured out the stigma around mental health. And I don't think there is one. I think everyone who suffers from depression Mm. has created a stigma around mental health Mm. because I'm just not convinced that there really is one. Because I told everyone around me... Yeah. And I just got overwhelming amounts of love and support and yep. generosity and, mm. you know, as you would yep. expect. Yeah. And, uh, and then I had to go... Then I, then I went public mm. on Facebook. Mm. And, you know, I've been ready and armed to delete the naysayers and the keyboard yep. warriors and... Yeah. And, and not one. Yeah. Do you think and, it's... Do you think it's that there's not... No, there isn't a stigma or that it's we're wearing it down by so much awareness and campaigns like yours? Um, uh, no, I think the stigma is in people who suffer from depression. Yeah. Like, depression wants there to be a stigma. Yeah. So that you don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, kind I of feel that paranoid like it's, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, I feel like all this stuff's making sense all of a sudden. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you... Of all the people that I talk to, no one has gone, ah, oh, suck it up. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. no there's no such thing as bloody depression. You're making mm. it up. That's that's not the reaction mm. that you get when you reach out to people. Mm. So it has been. It is sometimes. It is coming from a from a small and being there. Yeah, it is still sometimes. I reckon. Yeah, right. Um, I still hear. Yeah, people just say, oh, "What do you got to be depressed about?" Or yeah. and you're like, "Well, it's not that." Like, <laughs> and and your dickhead. Know, and this is the thing, the awareness around depression. Yeah. I just feel like there's so much missing. Yeah. You know, like, there's, being aware about it isn't yeah. helping. No. You know, like, it is, it's important, mm. but that 
for that person who says, what have you got to be depressed about? Mm. They don't know. They, yeah. ha- they don't have. They actually. There's, they don't have the information yeah. to be able to make a decision mm. because the information actually isn't there. Because mm. when you think about it, all the awareness that's going on and there's lots of it. Mm. What does it tell you to do? Talk. Does it? Is it? Well, I don't know. I guess that's just a decision I came up with myself. Exactly. What's the action? So there's all this awareness. What is it telling you to do? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think there's a big hole in the marketing. Yeah. And I'd really like to is fill it, it. Is it is it because it's not a, like you said before, the one solution doesn't fit for everybody? I think so, but I think that's wrong because I think the solution does fit everybody because I strongly believe that the motor mm. is all the same. We're, mm. all, we're all being driven by the same motor. Mm. How you drive it is a really individual thing. But what about those that, are, that suffer not only depression, but you've got your bipolar one, your bipolar two, your anxiety, yep. your personality disorders and all of that. Same motor or different? Like there'd be unleaded and then there'd be diesel. Yeah. And then there'd be, you know... I think Combustion maybe different engines. different versions of it for sure. Because I mean, mm. you know, some of those uh, some of those are more chemical um, mm. imbalances for than, sure than Absolutely. anything else. Yeah. So yes, but I still think because my mate who's bipolar, yeah, we, we share all the same stuff. Yeah, it's, it's nothing different at all. Bipolarist is more fun sometimes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, this it's the same. It's the same. Uh, force that's mm. trying to beat you down. Yeah. You know, that's a... I think it's all... I, I think there is a message out there that can reach mm. people. Mm. But just got to like find said, it now. We just don't know what the action is. What is what is what is this awareness telling us to do? And, mm. and just being aware mm. isn't helping anyone. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Being aware is okay, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't take any action from all that awareness. Yeah. You know, and when... How did you break free from depression? Well, mine was a, mine was that physiological chemical poisoning imbalance that led to all sorts of things, and it was because initially, I had I was having anxiety attacks, which I thought were heart attacks. Yeah. I had thought I was the furthest person away to ever have anxiety or depression, or which ended up being bipolar. Um, it sort of manifested. So it was literally the physiological or the physical stuff that got me to a doctor. Yeah. to three different doctors because I didn't like the answers they were giving me yeah. or the medication they were making me take because if someone gives you any psychotics and you take them, then all of a sudden you have to admit that you're having psychosis. And yeah. you know, as if. <laughs> I don't think so. So for me, it was, it was very, very different. There were no circumstances around why I should have been depressed. It was literally a, a chemical yeah. and it got me to the doctor. But it was ultimately same thing with psychologists and all the same... I went through a couple of psychologists and counsellors before I actually found one that I didn't walk over like a doormat and wipe my feet on on the way out and say thanks for nothing. Yeah. Um, it took me until I found a really good one that sat me down and sort of slapped me around the head a bit and said, right, sit there, listen to this, and these are the tools that you need to get better. And that's what it was. That's... It was him giving me the tools on a whiteboard, literally yep. writing diagrams on a whiteboard, along with the medication and the psychiatrists. And the... I yep. remember a psychiatrist saying, right, if this happens again, here's a bottle of pills and hose yourself down with these for a couple of days and then ring me. <laughs> yep. Like, well, I'm not and, sure that's going to help, but, you know, it might and, take the edge off. And I think that's what's been, you know, the... The people that have reached out to me on this journey so far, mm. they're talking to me about their own journey. Yeah. 
and they're talking to a bloke who's doing it. Yeah. You know, I'm just a bloke paddling down the Murray yeah. and I'm talking really openly and honestly. Yeah. And they're having the opportunity to also have that discussion. And I think that that's a real help. And I know it has been for me because when we talk about the mental health thing on this podcast, I'll sort of start talking about my journey and I'm like, I've never actually spoken about it yeah. before. And I'm... At, from time, most times, I'm quite resistant to talk yep. about it. Um, but then I talk to someone like you who know who just nods because you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. And with Osha's book, same thing. I yep. nod the whole way through yep. it and go, "Ah, uh, yep, yep, I know what you're talking and about that, there." And, and then you, that's powerful. And that, yeah, I actually have an idea. I haven't said this out loud yet, but I'll share go it with on. you. Give us an exclusive. An exclusive. Yeah, go on. So I've got an idea because so many people have reached out to me. Mm. And, you know, I've had people track me down through the bush and I've, I had a guy who came down and shared with me a horrific childhood. Yeah. Like as horrific as you could ever imagine. Yeah. In multiple ways. Mm. Um, and throughout his teenage years of abuse and mm. all sorts of things. Mm. And um, he told me that if he had the opportunity to die right now, then he would take it. Oh. Um, and he shared with me this whole story. Mm. He'd never spoken to anyone about it before. And, you know, he's still in touch with me and he thanks me like he's inspired to do things. And, you know, I just... So you've changed his life just by being there to listen uh, to him. It's really hard to accept that because mm. I'm maybe... I don't... It's really hard to accept that what I'm doing is having such a big impact on people's lives. But mm. it just really is. Mm. It's not... I'm... I didn't change his life. He changed his life. Yeah. I just gave him an opportunity to make the decision to start that change. Yeah. So I've got an idea. What about if I do this trip again, but I do it in a houseboat and I stop mm. in towns yep. and in between towns? Yep. Because the Murray-Darling Basin has one of the worst suicide rates yep. in the country. It's an epidemic. And mm. I offer a non-clinical, non-judgmental chat. Yep. Chat over a cup or a beer. Yep. Yep. Back of the houseboat, table and chairs, beer, wine, coffee, tea, whatever floats your boat. Yep. Come down, have a chat with the bloke who's paddled the Murray, who's now doing it in a boat, and has a few cool ideas of how you could potentially break Love it. Depression. And also what we do is my wife will come with me. Yep. And she's really excited about the idea that what we do is we reach... So let's say, for instance, Robin Vale's yep. coming up. Mm-hmm. We, it's all forward planned. We go, right, Robin Vale, we're going to be in Robin Vale on November the 23rd to the 27th. Yep. We're going to be there for four days. Here's all the windows that you can come and have a chat. Yep. And then we reach out to all the community in Robin Vale that mm. assist with mental health in this area. Yep. We go to the doctors, we go to the psychiatrists, the psychologists, the counsellors. We have a suicide prevention network here now. We go to the suicide launched. prevention network. We talk to all these people mm. and we ask for information mm. and I want stuff. So I want to go to the GP and say, I, can you give me 10 free visits? Yeah. Not on Medicare, yep. just 10 free visits. Yep. I'll go to the psychiatrist and ask for free, first free visit. Mm-hmm. Donate. Yep. Give us something. Yep. So that when the people come down and have a chat, mm. when they leave, they get a little show bag. Yep. And it's got all the information. <laughs> Here's my crazy bag. Here's my big bag of crazy. <laughs> Here's the support in yeah. your community. Yeah. These are the people that you can reach yeah. out to. Here's a GP that will let you come in, yep. free of charge, and have a chat to them. Mm. Here's a counsellor that you can talk to. Mm. Here's the lifeline. Here's the local lifeline people. 
Yeah. Here's the suicide prevention people. Yeah. Here's all the information. Yeah. That you need, you can have, and you can take that away. Yeah. Well, Great idea. And then on top of that, we would also carry maybe eight to ten kayaks, and then I do a men's four-day break-free expedition. Love it. And we just get eight to ten blokes, and we kayak, yep. and we set up camp, and we sit around, and we just yeah. chat. Yep. Doesn't have to be about anything in particular, but we just chat, yep. and we connect. Yeah, and it could be people suffering from depression. Yeah, it could be people who are around people suffering from depression because I strongly believe that the people around people mm. suffering from depression mm. are fifty percent equal in the requirement to make change. Oh, absolutely. So we take this little group and we go out and we just spend three nights on the Murray. Love it. And we explore. And my wife goes in the houseboat yep. and meets us down the other end. Yep. And, so you don't um, have to paddle back upstream. Paddle back upstream, <laughs> very important. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we get boozy and and we chat. Yeah, love and, it. And we and we create opportunity for change. Yeah, through just being able to start those conversations. Yeah. I wonder how powerful that combination of things could be. I reckon that combination of things could be incredibly powerful. And you've got another half the length of the Murray River to think about that and to plan it. Yeah, well I am seriously. So anyone out there who's got an old clunker houseboat that's yeah. trying to get rid of, then because uh, I can build, I'm pretty handy. Yeah. So There's a few for sale in Mildura. Always is. Yeah, so they're very expensive though. I just missed out there was I went past a houseboat. Surely there'd be funding for that. I went past a houseboat and it was tied up to a tree and all the windows were broken and I thought, uh, oh that'd be a cracker. Yeah. And do you know what? It was in Cobram. Yeah. And literally three days later, it came up for sale for ten grand, and I was like, "Wow, that would have just been perfect." But wow. it's good, I don't have ten grand. But I'm sure that there's someone out there who's got an old houseboat that they yeah. don't use that's not really in good condition that I could renovate, and we could make that happen. And I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I reckon. And that could keep going. Mm. You know, like it could be. Oh, I just, I think, it, I think it would. You'd need one at a couple of ends because there's certain parts of the Murray, as you would know, because you've paddled it, that you, you wouldn't be able to get a houseboat through. Oh, uh, I think you'd just get one big enough to, so that we can live or on it. Or just a tiny little... Just a little, just a little one. Just like a, a, not a, one of these massive houseboats. Just the massive luxury no, boatels. No, 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 no. Just need a little, just a little boat. Yeah. Just big enough to, just big enough so that two people can sit on the back of it and have a chat and potentially change your life. Yeah. That's a great idea. I reckon. I reckon it's got legs. Oh, I reckon it's got paddles. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, we will talk to you when you're back here with your houseboat or when yep. you release your book or yep. in the next 48 days when we check in and see how you're going. Thanks. Um, hang on. Let me ask you this. Mm. On World Mental Health Day, mm. how are you going? Incredible. Great. <laughs> Good. Good answer. <laughs> If you or someone you know is going through mental illness, it is important to seek help, whatever that might look like to you. Talk to your GP, your social worker, your partner, your teacher, your colleague, your boss. Tell someone because from time to time, we all need a someone. You can follow Mark's lonely journey on Facebook and on his live tracker. His Facebook page is talking about a lonely journey and we'll pop it on our website too. 
Thanks for listening to The Vale Podcast. Subscribe at thevalepodcast.com.au.